Yes, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm good too. Thank you. So yeah, you are, you are in India, right? Yes, I'm in India. Yes. Uh, so how how is everything there? Fortunately, since last couple of days, they have relaxed the lockdown. Now, the first two months it was really difficult. Everything was locked down, and I actually came here in a last flight from UK. That was the last flight, so I was lucky to get a, basically a seat in last flight and reach here safely. So you used to live in UK? Yes, I, I was in UK. and uh, i had decided in fact a few months before to come back to india so relocation was already in pipeline and uh, initial plan was there to basically i had a book ticket for 18th march march already so everything was as per plan but this uh, 18th march was the last flight from air india okay so where were you in uk because i was in uk as well from last 3 years I see. I was in UK in Midlands. I don't know if you have heard the name Stafford. Stafford is north of Birmingham, and it's south of Manchester. So it's between Birmingham and Manchester. Yeah. So I was in Preston. I think it's nearby. I see. Yeah, Preston. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So first, welcome to the Vivek Podcast, and thanks for taking the time to do this. No, thank you. very much thanks a lot so so you are retired wing commander from indian air force so first thank you for your service yes. and yeah and i have been following you on twitter for a while now and you you put some quite interesting perspective so as i i told you earlier like one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on is because uh, i think you are senior now and is is it's been more than a decade since you retired still you get on bitcoin and you know try to understand money in general so so before we jump in into bitcoin and everything can you please briefly walk us through your background like what you used to do and yeah how you got here yeah sure yeah um as you know i'm i am senior in the sense i did my engineering in 1980 so it looks like it's a very long time back So I completed my electrical engineering from MS University Baroda in 1980. After that I joined Indian Air Force as technical officer. So while serving in Air Force I completed my masters in computer science from Mysore University. So I have a masters in computer science also. And after serving Air Force for 22 years I took a premature retirement as wing commander. After that under highly skilled migration program we migrated to uk i went there with my family in uk i worked with uh, national health service for 15 years as a network engineer i'm cisco certified network professional also so i was mainly working on networking project with uh, nhs in uk and after 15 years of working with nhs basically i decided uh, then i got involved in the bitcoin and i wanted to spend more time on bitcoin so i decided to take a retirement basically i could have continued working for 10 more years but then i wanted to spend more time on bitcoin so i took a retirement and now i'm back in india that's in short that's my background perfect okay so i wanted to know more about uh, what you did in indian air force so, so yeah what was your role mainly there yes say uh, i served indian air force for 22 years so in 22 years i was posted uh, at different locations and every location had a different role because in air force they want uh, officer to be basically know everything about uh, indian air force and it's a very big organization so when engineers joined indian air force initially they are posted to air force technical college where they are trained in aeronautical engineering for 18 months and on successful completion of training they get masters degree in aeronautical engineering after that they are posted in different air force units depending on requirement so when i completed my aeronautical engineering there were there was a requirement in a missile squadrons basically these are the surface to air missile squadrons and they are used as a defense against uh, 
enemy attack by Air Force. So I was posted to missile squadron and I was working as a missile guidance officer. For that, I was given one year training. And these missiles, these were uh, Russian surface to air missiles and it has a 98% kill probability. So at that time, this was one of the best air defense system available. And I was working on that. After serving in missile squadron for about 10 years, I was selected for further studies in computer science. And I completed my master's degree in computer science in 1990. After that, I was posted to base repair depot in Delhi. Uh, my role there was to set up a new computer center and main task was to set up an Oracle database system for base repair depot. So that was a very good chance for me to work with a computer system and basically put in practice what I had learned in my master's degree. So I did set up a new computer center for BRD in nine, between 19... 1990 and 1992. After that, I was posted to Space Application Center at Ahmedabad. Uh, I was posted there to work on Indian remote sensing satellite project for defense needs. Basically, what was happening that uh, there was a lot of interest in Indian remote sensing satellites, and defense wanted to use the IRC data for basically intelligence purpose. They wanted to find out. Um, more about our neighboring countries, basically. So uh, I was involved in that work. So after two years in Ahmedabad at Space Application Center, I was posted to a newly established Defense Image Processing and Application Center in Delhi. I was posted there to set up remote sensing and data collection and processing capabilities for defense use. I know it sounds very heavy, and uh, all that, but the, the main idea there, main idea there was to basically use this Indian remote sensing satellite data for defense purpose, basically. And after that, I, I worked there for uh, five, six years because it was very, very involved job. And we had to set up a, a facility for Army, Navy, and Air Force. It's, it's, it, it was a very big project. So after working for about five, six years on that project, I was after that posted to MiG-21 fighter squadron as a senior, senior electronics engineer. And I was responsible for looking after all electrical and electronic system for fighter bears. This again is, is a very complex and very complicated job. You are responsible for almost everything is starting from battery charging facilities to uh, FO station, we had few radars and then aircraft uh, means uh, runway lightings and so many other things, including maintenance of fighter, fighter aircrafts and other things. So that was also very challenging and very interesting posting for me. After completing two years there, I was posted to guided weapon training school as a senior instructor. So this was uh, relatively a simple job. That it, it was more of a teaching and training and not really an operational role, but that is also part of the job and it's required. So I was uh, there, posted there as a senior instructor. And from there, I decided to take a premature retirement. Basically, I said, enough is enough. Now let's go and see the outside world also. So I basically applied for premature retirement, which was, uh, initially it was not agreed and they asked me to serve for two more years, which I did. And after two years, they did give me the release. And I basically took a premature retirement from Air Force as a wing commander. That's in nutshell, in fact. So yeah, it's, it's a long career and there are many different roles which I have basically been involved in, yes. Oh, so you've worked a lot, like uh, you, you contributed a lot in, to the Indian Air Force. Uh, you, you can say that, yes, but yeah, it's it's a requirement. Every officer is required to have a wide uh, variety of experience because when they go up, they have to manage almost everything that Indian Air Force has. So for career progression, it is very important that you are exposed to 
almost every type of technology in Indian Air Force. So yes, uh, it's good. It's good for officer also. He gets exposure and Air Force gets uh, basically an officer who has experience with all this thing. So how was your experience overall there? So uh, how, like if you look back now, how was your experience there? Now, I think it was the best part of my life. <clears throat> we were working hard. Yeah, we were working hard, but at the same time, we were enjoying also. Whether we were posting, uh, I was posted in a desert or in a, uh, in, in a remote place like Nalia where nothing is there. But the life was <clears throat> very good. Air Force is a big family and even today when we meet each other, it's, it's really good. I feel uh, that, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's my privilege that I really work for Air Force. Oh, that's great. Okay, so, th so this new technology thing is not new to you. So you have been working on technological stuff for a while now, before Bitcoin, right? Yes, yes. I, I, as I said, no, I, I was engineer. I'm basically engineer. Then did my computers. Then did aeronautical engineering. Then also did some missiles. So technology. I I I was training radars, missiles, and all that. So technology is definitely not new for me. And I'm really uh, interested in technology. So I, I always uh, used to love challenge, and I never was really saying that no, this is beyond me or anything. I, I like, yeah, I like new technologies. Okay, great. So how you got into Bitcoin then? Uh, when was the first time Bitcoin got introduced to you? Bitcoin is, I think it was 2014. Yeah, in 2014, when I was in NHS, that's in UK, I was serving for National Health Service. Uh, I, first time I heard about Bitcoin there, but at that time I did not pay much attention as I thought current financial system is working well. At that time, I had no idea about what money is. I, I, I was totally ignorant. And that's the main reason I, I did not pay any attention to Bitcoin. I said, oh, fine, this is cryptocurrency and uh, I, at that time, I did not see any future for it. And being engineer, I was happy learning about Cisco routers and Cisco switches than uh, basically a Bitcoin. But in December 2017, my both sons, they had come to, they had come home basically for Christmas holidays. And at that time, my elder son, Harsh, reintroduced Bitcoin to me. And this time, its prices was really going up every day. It was, uh, this was two, December, 2017, you know, it was just before yeah, all time yeah, high. Boom. Yes, it was just before all time high. So when I saw that it is going up almost every day, I decided to look into it again. And when I, uh, I started with basically first reading a white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto. And to be very frank, it did not make much sense in first reading. But yeah, I did realize that this is really big and it, it has a very high potential. So next I started watching mainly Andrea's videos on YouTube and slowly everything started making sense. Uh, Andrea's is really doing a very good job. His videos are very informative and very easy to understand. And during this time, my son convinced me basically to invest some of my saving in Bitcoin. I was still learning about Bitcoin, but in fear of missing out, I decided to invest some of my saving. And I bought some Bitcoin and Ethereum at that time. Now, after Christmas, my sons went back and price of Bitcoin dived. Within no time, I almost lost everything that I had invested in. I had purchased Bitcoin and Ethereum near all-time high value. So you can imagine when it died, what, what happened. It was a big shock. It was really a big shock. And after that, I started learning more and more about Bitcoin to find out what had happened. And more I learned, more I was convinced that Bitcoin is a sound money. Decision to invest was not wrong, but timing was wrong. I, do, I did lose my money, but I learned a lot. So I think, yeah, that's how I got involved into the Bitcoin 
exactly i think uh, this story resonates with a lot of people because whenever someone get introduced to bitcoin it is at all time highs that you know everybody yes. starts talking about bitcoin so everyone everybody get introduced yes. to bitcoin when it is on all time highs they buy it and then they lose when they lose money they start to go down <coughs> this rabbit hole of bitcoin and start understanding what money is and uh, how, like what the current monetary system is so yeah yes. okay so uh, so why why you think now that bitcoin is important bitcoin is important it's mainly there are many reasons in fact see what happens is uh, bitcoin is important because of so, the, the main reason is it's the only sound money that we have and uh, why it is sound money is also not difficult to basically justify is see bitcoin is the, 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 the properties of bitcoin if we look at it it's it's a fungible it's durable it lasts forever it cannot be destroyed it's portable you can carry everywhere you can carry it even in your brain it's divisible by 100 million it is secure it cannot be counterfeited it's transactable it's programmable it's scarce 21 million it's unstoppable it's immutable it's unhackable it's decentralized we can go and go we can go on it's censorship resistance in addition it also works as a store of value so if, if you look at the properties of bitcoin i think it 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 is one of the best money available and uh, it's it it's 100 times better than gold and gold itself is 100 times better than fiat so i think uh, bitcoin is important and i think it's a common sense I, i'm really not sure why people are not getting it actually yeah exactly why people don't understand it like why do you think that is the case uh yes oh, okay now see bitcoin is is a complicated it's a complex it's too difficult to understand because of so many reason i'll tell you a uh, uh, few things see bitcoin is combination of to understand bitcoin you have to understand following technologies first is a cryptography second is the game theory third is a distributing computing fourth is application specific integrated circuits moore's law monetary system fiat currency electronics human greed and many more till you basically understand all things you will not get what the bitcoin is in fact that is one of the reason why so many people don't get it i i know why they don't get it because it's 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 not easy and to get this you have to basically know little bit of all these things and that requires time unfortunately people really do not have time these days they want everything very quick and bitcoin understanding takes time so i think the main reason is is uh, uh, people not really spending enough time to understand it yeah i think to truly understand bitcoins well you you need to be a polymath or you know you need to research every field yes. so before bitcoin i never knew about any of this stuff but after after entering bitcoin i learned about history i learned about monetary yes. policies right now i learned about computer science i learned about philosophies i learned about yes. cyberpunks in their moment now this stuff right so yeah it is it is a lot of work yes yes yeah and uh, satoshi nakamoto is actually my hero uh, the paper the white paper which he published has a power to replace the whole current financial system people even don't realize that because the, the knowledge today see in no school in no college they teach what the money is in my opinion uh the white paper which satoshi uh, published is comparable to e is equal to mc square einstein's famous equation it's it's that big but people don't get it and i think the main reason is uh people are really not taught what money is how current financial system work and that's the main reason but i think things are changing people are slowly and slowly realizing uh that this fiat currency is actually a big scam and people will get into the bitcoin i think so do you often introduce people to bitcoin 
Oh, oh yes, yes, very much. Though, what are the reactions when you you know try to help them understand? Yes, I do try to. In fact, that's that's very important for me because see, uh, what I think that because now I have come, I have uh, basically what I know. I want to spread that knowledge. I know that Bitcoin is really important. I know that it is the sound money and i want to basically spread that knowledge and that is the main reason why i try to basically introduce people to bitcoin and every time the response has not been very positive and there are many reasons for that in fact one of the main reason is first thing is people they are scared of bitcoin because of some horror stories because of some scam coins like one coin and so many other things and another thing is this uh, very high volatility so when i talk to people uh, first in general they are not very welcoming but then when i tell them when i convince them to give some more time to go through some training videos and some people who have really basically listened to me and they have spent some more time they really got convinced and few and few of them they are now bitcoin holders so yes i do enjoy introducing bitcoin to my friends and family members and i'll say that i'm i am successful i have converted few of my friends and family members to bitcoin holders and bitcoin is pure capitalism in fact bitcoin is very simple higher the demand higher the cost if no demand no cost there is see when when demand falls and bitcoin dives it cost falls no one comes rescue to bitcoin isn't it no bank no central government no one bitcoin has to stand in its own legs so bitcoin is a pure capitalism that that is nothing in between it has to prove its value and it has to fight fight for itself so i think yes bitcoin is uh, the pure form of capitalism exactly there is no one to stop it and no one to you know say you should trade yes. only that there is there are no capital control there is nothing in nothing government can do to stop it no, or, you know no. stop the trading of it yes okay so 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 once we get introduced to this bitcoin rabbit hole our you know perspective towards government and central banks we start to see you know realistic picture of what is going on in the current monetary system and the more we understand the more we realize that you know governments uh, around the world are using uh, misusing their powers how your opinions of government change after entering in bitcoin because you are in the army and generally people from army have a, a lot of respect towards government right yes yes you are right 100% right in fact for us whatever government says uh, is always uh, we don't question anything and yeah see you are 100% right once i got into the bitcoin and once i started learning what is happening and what happens when government has a deficit budget or when they have this quantitative easing and when they started printing money what happens normally if people mo- most of the people they don't know even those who are commerce graduates and those who are working in financial industries they also have a very limited knowledge but once you get into the bitcoin you realize that actually by printing more and more money what government is doing is actually this is a taxation by inflation they call it because what happens is government is afraid of introducing new tax because it's it's basically always uh, it's not easy to increase the tax because they won't win any more elections so what government is doing is they are always they will avoid raising tax they would basically promise people that we will give you this free we will give you this free and uh, government always have a very short sight their main aim is to win the next election and for that they will do whatever they have to do people don't realize that when government is doing all that actually they with because of inflation the money which they have it's losing its value because of inflation they are they, they are paying more 
it, it is indirect taxation that they don't realize. See, the fiat currency is the worst form of store of value. And because of that, and most of the people, they really do not have access to stock market or they do not have access to other financial tools. So the common people, the middle class people, they save, they, they, they save in fiat currency also. And when fiat currency reduces its value, they, they lose money and they don't realize that. In fact, if you see, in last 20 years, the gold was 250 pounds per ounce in year 2000. Today, it is 750 pounds per ounce, almost six times more expensive. In other words, today, USD has one-sixth purchase power of what it had 20 years before. And it is the same story everywhere. So everywhere, the fiat currency is losing its value. So this is what is called taxation by inflation. So what government is doing is not evident to our people they don't know, but people who are in Bitcoin, they know this. And because of that, uh, the, the impression or the value or the uh, my image of government, what I had has totally changed. Now, I don't think banks and government, they are actually working for common people. They don't have a common people interest in mind. They have basically a very short term goal is to win a next election. So yeah, the, the, my opinion has definitely changed for banking system and for government. Exactly, yeah. So I interviewed one of my friends from Argentina uh, like a few days before and what what is happening there is you know the governments keep on printing and 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 every politician that comes the he prints more because and default on that i think majority of countries will end up at that position and and i think people don't realize it because uh, the economy they live in is run on fiat money which is enforced by the government so government don't allow any other currency so yeah smaller the government better we are uh, i think uh... Yes, see, government, uh, th th there are a few things which definitely government should control. There is no doubt about it, like borders, defense, and so many other things. But I think government should not intervene in the uh, finance system. Basically, they should not uh, regularly keep basically printing money. See, when, when we were in school or even in university, we were told that money doesn't grow on trees, right? But today, the way government is printing money, it looks like actually money is going on, growing on tree. So government definitely should not have a free hand in printing money. And government should not keep on rescuing a sick units. It's, I, I don't say that we should not help uh, poor or, see socialism is good, definitely we should have, but there has to be a limit. Government must give a chance to capitalism and when it comes to a financial system government should not have a final say and they should see if we want basically it's it's survival for fittest isn't it because that's what is very important see it it it, it has worked everywhere it has worked over billions of years you see the evaluation in a jungle in a herd the slowest buffalo always gets killed. And one way it is good because the speed of a herd is speed of a slowest buffalo. So when slowest buffalo gets killed, herd moves faster. So what I'm trying to say here is, if there is a sick industry, there is a sick this things, it should be allowed to basically go bankrupt. It should be allowed to get killed and government should not keep rescuing um, a, a, a very weak uh, establishments and they should stop intervening in financial system. So government should have a control in some fields which are really required, which are essential. But I think they should not have their hands in everywhere. Some systems are better if they are left on its own. Yeah, fair enough. So 
yeah that's what happens you know government bail out these zombie companies where yes. ceos don't have enough savings and if they are not run properly they just go to government and they bail them out at the expense of money from people right so yes. it's not government money they they either keep they print it or either they take that so indirectly it is also inflation as well so it is yes. it is the common people who are losing their money instead of the governments are just filling a filling their pockets of either their friends or them as themselves you are 100% right yeah so also you translated a stock to flow model in gujarati which is written by plan b so can you please help us understand what stock to flow model is oh yeah sure say um, when i read stock to flow article written by plan b i learned one more reason why bitcoin is sound money and why it has value so uh, here okay I, i'm not saying that bitcoin has value only because of stock to flow i i must make it very clear okay so yeah, yeah but i definitely learned one more reason and i wanted to spread this knowledge and that's the main reason why i translated it into gujarati which is my mother tongue so being gujarati i thought let me translate this and let people uh, know why bitcoin has a value so this is one of the reason and i don't think this is the only reason so now as far as stock to flow model is concerned it's very simple its main point is higher the stock to flow ratio more scarce more scarce the item is and as a re- result higher the cost now what is stock to flow ratio so stock to flow ratio is simple division of total quantity of asset in whole world divided by total asset produced in whole world in a year so let me give you an example then it becomes really simple it's not as complicated or as complex as it sounds for example entire gold entire amount of gold ever mined totals approximately 290000 tons so that is a stock so stock of a gold in whole world is 190000 tons now total annual production of a gold is about 2900 tons so the total gold produced by everyone on earth is 2009 tons per year so if we divide 190000 tons by 2900 tons we get a value of approximately 66 so stock to flow ratio of gold is 66 whereas for silver it is about 22 so and that is one of the reason why gold is much more expensive than silver because stock to flow ratio is higher it is more scarce and it's more expensive that's what uh, plan b is telling us yeah it simply shows the inflation so the higher the stock to flow ratio is the more scarce that asset is and the less inflationary it is yes. so when you have low inf- low stock to flow ratio that means uh, it is too much inflationary and uh, yeah it is not that scarce yes so that's why one of the reasons gold have value right yes yes and uh, if we if we now come back to bitcoin now as as of today i think bitcoin the total stock is uh, 18.38 million and its flow is 328500 bitcoins a year now at this uh, stock and at a flow of 328500 its stock to flow ratio becomes 56 so the stock is rising every day because every day we are mining bitcoin but flow will remain same for next 4 years it will remain same every year we will be mining only 328500 bitcoins for next 4 years so what is happening is stock to flow ratio of bitcoin is going high every day and very soon it will be more than gold now for bitcoin anyone can find out the total number of bitcoins and flow because it's a open ledger it's very easy to calculate stock to flow but for gold it's not very easy 
I have mentioned some value of total gold and what is the flow, but it's it's not very easy to verify. So for for gold, we say this is approximate, but for Bitcoin, we can say certainly what is the stock to flow ratio. Now, plan B collected a data of stock to flow ratio and price of Bitcoin for a period between 2009 and 2019. So he basically has painstakingly collected the data. And then he plotted this data using logarithmic scale. And he saw that it followed a nice linear relationship. Now, as for plan B, the likelihood of the relationship between stock to flow and market value caused by chance is very close to zero. So he thinks that this is not by chance. And as for him, the price of Bitcoin is related to stock to flow. His argument is quite convincing. And past data does show that is follows the real end relationship. Now time will only tell us whether his model will hold for future also. And if it holds for future, then the price of Bitcoin will definitely go to moon. But do you think it will go on forever? Like, I think it will work out for next four to eight years, then it will break. See, it's, it's, it's very difficult to say here. And as I told you before also, I, I'm, I'm not thinking that Bitcoin price is related purely to stock to flow. See, Bitcoin, stock to flow is one of the reasons that why it has a value. But in my opinion, see, what will happen is uh, there are so many other reasons why the price of Bitcoin will go much higher. And one of the major factor is, see, what will happen is people will slowly realize that central bank issued fiat currency is a scam. And when they realize that, Bitcoin demand will go high. And when a mass adoption of Bitcoin starts, at that time, there will not be enough Bitcoins available for the whole world. We have just 21 21 million Bitcoins. And imagine, even if uh, when there is a mass uh, adoption of Bitcoin, at that time, demand will be so high that its price will go high. So what I'm trying to say here is Bitcoin price, it's not going to keep following stock to flow model. This gives us a rough idea where the price can be. But in my opinion, it could even go much higher than that once the mass adoption starts. Yeah, exactly. So current monetary base is around 20 trillion. So even if we compare current monetary base to Bitcoin, even if we, you know, let's say, we achieved 20% of that, it's it's huge. Like, it's a very big number. You're right. You're right. Okay, so uh, what what currently you are working on in Bitcoin? Yeah, okay. I think before we go there, I'll just mention, because you mentioned about the, the total uh, assets and all that, isn't it? You mentioned some 20, 30 trillion and all that. So uh, here, uh, I, I, I would like to quote Helfini. See, yeah, Helfini, yeah, Helfini, uh, who is an, he is an early, he was an early Bitcoin contributor who received the first Bitcoin transaction from Satoshi, creator of uh, basically Bitcoin. Helfini wrote in 2009, this is really very interesting. He wrote in 2009, and I'm quoting what he wrote. As an amusing thought experiment, imagine that Bitcoin is successful and becomes the dominant payment system in use throughout the world. Then the total value of currency should be equal to total value of wealth in the world. Current estimate of total world household wealth that I found range between 100 and 300 trillion, trillions with only 20 million coins that gives each coin a value of about $10 million. So the possibility of generating coins today with few cents of compute time 
may be quite good bet with a payoff of something like 100 million to one. Even if odds of Bitcoin succeeding to this degree are slim, are they really 100 million to one against? This is something to think about. So uh, what I'm trying to say here is today, see in 2009, Bitcoin had no value. Today, Bitcoin is already near 10,000. It has a much more chance to succeed than what it had in 2009. It may not go to 10 million, but I will not be surprised if it goes in hundreds of thousands. It, it is definitely going to touch a very high value once it starts basically a mass adoption. That's what is very important. Yeah, for sure. So Helfany was absolute legend. So imagine you create this open source protocol. You have yes. created this open source protocol and it's it's almost worthless. You don't know whether it will work out or not. And then you make this prediction. Yes. Which is insane, you know. So it's even hard to think about whether this will work or not. And he's he's predicting like yes. 30, 40 years what is going to happen to his price. Yeah, he, he, he was legend, definitely, no doubt about it. So I, I think, yeah, that's what, in fact, even as late in, after that, in 2010, uh, in fact, today is the May 22nd, isn't it? So 22nd May is known as a Bitcoin pizza day. Yeah, today, in 2010, um, Lazo paid 10,000 Bitcoins for two Papa's own pizzas. That is about 100 million USD today. So in 2010, someone paid 10,000 Bitcoins. Just imagine in 10 years, Bitcoin has gone from zero to almost $200 trillion. So I think Bitcoin, uh, it's, it's just a question of time. Bitcoin is getting stronger every day and soon people will realize and it is going to moon very soon yeah let's ho hope so i think yes. people will realize how scam uh, the fiat currencies are and they will they will realize the value position of uh, bitcoin so whenever you know someone asks me about bitcoin i try to and like I try to help them understand the value proposition of gold yes. because I think everyone needs to know why gold is important and why gold is valuable before entering to Bitcoin. Yes. So it gives them perspective like, you know, why, why we need gold. Yes, you are right. But see, what we have to tell them, which is very important is uh, this fiat currency. It, it, see, before, I think, was it 1970? When, when did the... See, before dollar was linked to gold, isn't it? President Nixon, I think it was 1970. I'll have to check. But 1971 since, was the year when Nixon uh, took off uh, gold. Yes. Yes. So since that link was broken, fiat currency has actually lost any backing. It's no more backed by gold. Till the time it was backed by gold, USD held its value. Since that link is broken, USD is losing its value in real time. People don't realize, see what is happening is, unfortunately, because USD is still a world reserve currency, there is plenty of demand for USD. And because of that, USD is basically surviving. It will continue to survive because it's a, gold, it's a world reserve currency. And there is a huge demand for gold. And reason why it has a huge demand, because other fiat currencies are worse than USD. But a time will come when people will realize that even USD is a scam. And that's mainly because of same thing, isn't it? Money growing on tree, printing trillions of dollars. So when that happens, people will realize that Bitcoin is the only sound money. So gold holds its value. Gold is holding its value and it's a very good store of uh, value. But Bitcoin is 100 times better than even gold. And the main reason for that is gold. Just, just imagine if you want to transfer 
a 10 kg of gold from place A to place B, how difficult it is, how much it will cost. Today, there was a transaction worth $1 billion. Someone transferred $1 billion worth of Bitcoin from one account to other account with negligible fee. These things are impossible in any other currency or in any other asset. It's just not possible. Even gold cannot be transferred from place A to place B. The cost is so high and there are so many restrictions on it. So Bitcoin is 100 times better than gold. Gold is 100 times better than fiat currency. So when you tell people that gold is better, but Bitcoin is 100 times better than gold. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so coming back to the uh, the earlier question I asked yes. you, that, uh, what are your plans related uh, going forward? Oh, yes, it's see. Um, in fact, uh, since I got into Bitcoin, I, I was always find it difficult to spend more time because what was happening, I was working full time as a senior network engineer. So I, I was not getting enough time to learn more and more about Bitcoin. And that's one of the reasons why now I have decided to quit the job and learn some more. Uh, I'm in Bitcoin for almost now three years and I still, uh, I don't know much about it. So my, my main thing is to learn more about Bitcoin. And after that, once I'm really confident, once I know, then I want to introduce Bitcoin. I, I have come to India mainly because in India, still most of the people think Bitcoin is scam. People, they really do not have a, a very good understanding of Bitcoin. There are some people in Bitcoin, but uh, I have seen that they are mainly because of money making and not really into it because of technology. And I want to basically help people to understand what is Bitcoin. I want to introduce it to a wider population here. I don't know how easy it will be, how successful I will be, or how it will happen. I have no plan as on today. But I'm basically planning to spend some more time in learning and understanding Bitcoin more. And then, if possible, educating my inner circle and then basically, yes, widening that circle and yeah, letting help people understand Bitcoin and in turn help them to basically store, basically save their money into something which is more useful, which holds the value. That's what is, is the plan. And let's see what happens next. Yeah, okay. One thing is there. See, I think Bitcoin has a very vibrant community. I think uh, I have come across so many good people in Bitcoin. It's unimaginable. Everything is so helping. It's a, it's a different story that we have a scammers also. We have so many people, something like one coin, isn't it? People have lost thousands and uh, they, they have lost millions of uh, dollars and rupees in that. But Bitcoin has a very vibrant community and people are there. So here, when I'm, when I'm basically uh, telling people about Bitcoin, I'm not gaining anything. I'm not doing it for my benefit. I'm, it's not that if they buy Bitcoin, I'm not going to be benefited. So it's, it's very clear cut. I'm not saying that if you invest, and I'm not even an investment advisor. I, I don't advise anyone to invest. What I do is I said, please give me some of your time. Please give me two hours. And then I educate them. I'll say, let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's know what is money. And then I send them a few videos. I request them to go through that. Idea is to basically, we want to, again, uh, uh, we want them to be curious about Bitcoin, isn't it? And that interest should generate first. And once they are interested, once they get curious, and once they learn about Bitcoin, then there is no need for us to tell them to invest in Bitcoin. So I, I never go and tell them to invest. But what I tell them is to learn about what money is and what Bitcoin is and then ask them to make their own decision. Because asking someone to invest is not a correct thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also in India, there are a lot of scammers as well. So if you see uh, like people are around here, 
whenever they talk about top two, they talk about like scammy coins. Yes. So you, so I, I came to India like few months back, and I, 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 you know, got into Indian communities and everything. So see, they, they are all in for price. They don't yes. care about fundamentals or anything. Yes. So I think it need to be changed. So because they are representing crypto in the country, and if they yes. go to someone and say that you should buy this instead of saying that you know it is a good sound money and it has good technology, it uh, it burn down the whole reputation of Bitcoin. Yeah, that, that that's the main thing, isn't it? Some people, uh, and and that happens in everything, isn't it? It's not that you you have uh, some people who want to take advantage, and they do take advantage of it. So uh, the the best thing for that is an education. We have to educate people. We don't have to convince them for anything. We have to basically guide them to a, a correct source of information, and that's what I'm planning to do. Basically, send them a link to a proper educative uh, the the video where they can gain maximum education and not somewhere because internet is full of uh, uh, information which is sometimes confusing, it's not right and all that. So uh, best thing is to educate the people and then let them decide what they want to do with their money. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, can you please let people know where they can find you? Oh, oh sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you know that it's htjani uh, is a Twitter handle. Yeah. And uh, if they want to get in touch with me on email also, then I'm on LinkedIn also, uh, again, htjani. And uh, my email address is htjani at yahoo.com. So yeah, they can always get in touch with me and I'll be more than willing to answer any questions if they have. Okay, perfect. So I will mention all the information in show notes if anyone wants to follow him. Yeah, And definitely. please go follow him. He, he put quite interesting perspective about Bitcoin and what's going on. So yes. thank you so much, sir, for coming on. And it's a pleasure to have you on. No, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for giving me a chance.